So the general state of affairs here in the States has pretty much been a complete shit show for about the last seven months. There were election results that seemed to trickle in over a handful of days, which I had to work very hard not to obsess over. There's a global pandemic, which has moved most of life's activity indoors and has significantly limited physical interaction. And then we've added a racial uprising on top of that. And Azalea, I of course know that racial unrest is something you're far more familiar with since you had to suffer through Jim Crow. But life has been especially exhausting for those of us with brown skin as of late. So in efforts to avoid the news entirely, I found myself in need of something meaningful to get into. I've returned full force to an old friend, reading. Unfortunately, the content hasn't been less heavy, but it's been a needed turn inward nonetheless. Now, I've always been an avid reader and I never really stopped. I'm always kind of reading something. But lately, I've recommitted in a new way. I'm reading books about Black people, by Black people, for Black people. I bought all the books. I bought Prayers for Dark People by W.E. Du Bois, No You Shut Up by Simone Sanders, Stamped from the Beginning by Ibrahim Kendi, Black Feminist Thought by Patricia Hill Collins, Sisters of the Yam by Bell Hooks. And I'm I'm reading through these slowly. I've, I've read a lot of them, but... There's this question that I keep asking myself as I read all these books, and in the face of all of these processes and institutions that actively combat us just trying to exist peacefully as Black people, how is it that we come into who we are? Where do we get our notions of how to be Black, how to be women, how to be our true selves? I mean, I'm reading this stuff now, and I'm fascinated at how these folks have managed to carve out space for themselves in a world that doesn't readily embrace that for folks with brown skin. And my fascination with this probably comes from me personally struggling with that, if I'm honest. And I notice, as I somehow always manage to do these days, that a lot of this contemporary content reminds me of your writing. I mean, isn't that what your book was too? Advice on how to be ourselves? Wasn't this your own sort of form of resistance? I am ever amazed at the connection between your work, which is over a century old, and what I see in us as Black people, and particularly Black women today. Hi, Azalea. It's me, Aselica, and I'm back for season two. This is The Color Girl Beautiful, a heartfelt letter from one generation of Black women creating their own identity to another. I'm going to go over a few reminders. These are just things that I always say to people. Um, Morgan Jerkins is a Black woman who's shared some of her journey to identity in the form of her writing. She's this amazing author whose work, if I'm honest, I am slightly obsessed with. I've read both of her books, This Will Be My Undoing and Wandering in Strange Lands, within a week of one another. And I've already pre-ordered her third, Call Baby, which comes out next spring. She is unapologetic and honest about all of who she is, and I respect well, I that about her. Thank you so much for meeting with me. This is super exciting. Oh my God. Thank you so much. I think oh, what wow. fascinates me is how Morgan has sort of laid out her journey of growth in her writing. She starts with coming into her own as a young woman in her first book, This Will Be My Undoing. And in her most recent book, she digs deep into ideas about Blackness and her own Black history and wandering in strange lands. 
I talked with her about her writing and some of the ways she was raised to perceive herself as a young black woman. These perceptions were largely positive and generally stemmed from her experiences within her own circles of family and church. But she also had this experience when she tried out to become a cheerleader as a young girl that gave her a rude awakening about how others perceived her blackness. You know, I knew that I was black in the sense that everybody around me was different shades of brown. Um, Most of the blackness that I knew of was deeply ingrained in church. Um, I grew up Pentecostal. Um, It was deeply ingrained in our dialect. So I knew that in terms of the distinctions. And I remember me and a friend of mine who was another girl of color, but she was Filipina. We were having an argument. I don't even remember what it was about, but one of the things that she said was that, you know why you didn't make the team is because monkeys like you don't make the team. And it was in that moment where I was reduced to an animal that I started to question how my blackness was esteemed outside of the church, outside of my mother's home, outside of my grandparents' home. It's one of those things where like, if you just let a seed germinate, it's gonna get bigger and bigger. And I didn't even tell my mom what happened. I just tried to chalk it up to childhood spats until I got older, I started to become very anti-Black. Um, a lot of self-hatred. One of the things that I just can't get over about her writing is how she processes this traumatic experience of being devalued as a person because of her race. As an adult, she now understands and connects that experience to the root of her own anti-Blackness, which manifests as self-hatred for the thing that she learns makes other people unjustly think less of her. And that in turn causes her to place more value on her more, quote, palatable qualities. Oh man, as a teenager thinking that I was better because I had lighter skin, thinking that I was better because I spoke the Queen's English, thinking that I was better because I was in honors and advanced placement classes, thinking that I was better because I wore certain clothes because I thought that the more that I assimilated and played by the rules, then I'd be better off. That's how the anti-Blackness was exemplified. That was from a deep place of insecurity. And when I hear her talk about this experience, it reminds me a lot of my own high school anti-Blackness phase. I talk a little bit about this in episode one of season one, but I'm only really just now learning the language for it. And reading her work has helped me to understand my own experiences a little better. Morgan found that her attitudes toward herself and her Blackness began to change once she went to college. Ironically, you know, I went to, I didn't go to an HBCU, I went to Princeton. But it was because of that hyper-exclusive place that I really found my people. And I started to disentangle so many different things and all of the feelings that I had about myself um, or or that were already unraveling once I started graduating um, high school, but were starting to really complicate themselves. And I was finding vocabulary for things that I had, that I always knew, but I just didn't have the articulation for. I started to learn that through my peers. Oh, I, I mean, my friends. My friends, I would say my mentors in college, for example, I mean, I can shout them out. Um, 
One of my mentors, his name was Maya Reed. Another one's name is Janae Jackson, Elizabeth Cook, Maria Hakeem, Jay Jones. These are people that I list in my acknowledgement sections, but these are those who studied sociology, studied African-American history, um, who I would just have talks with while I was at the student center while we were having brunch on Saturday mornings. And I would learn that way. And then I started to really learn um, even further than that when I went into grad school and started to read more African-American literature. It definitely made me be more cognizant. And this goes from reading scholars, Black women scholars, like Tracy McMillan Codum, um, Patricia Hill Collins, Bell Hooks, Jamila Mew. These are people that I, I realized that like learning about uh, pigmentocracy and colorism and about how even if you don't think you're pretty, because we live in a white supremacist world, you're gonna be treated a certain way because of your lighter skin. And again, I knew this theoretically, but to have the, to be, have it explained and laid out flat in detail um, in a no holds bar type of way really reinvigorated me. And it made a lot of sense. And it made me realize that, you know, whatever I go through has broader implications. Morgan took her experiences of growth and learning from mentors and peers and her mistakes and stumbling along the way and poured them all into her writing. The way that I am as an author, I do not beat around the bush. I'm not going to anesthetize parts of my life because I'm afraid of how it's going to make me look in front of people. I'm not going to sanitize anything. It's better if I show you the ugly parts and the evolution than have you then show this black girl magic finish with no twists and turns, with no jagged edges, with no false starts. That's just not, that's not who I am. I love this sort of authenticity. I think it's needed and important. I love seeing that in young Black women, not just strength, but openness, a willingness to share the beginning stages of growth, you know, before she had everything figured out, because none of us always had everything figured out. And that's the thing, and I tell people all the time, good for you if you grew up as a Black girl on American soil and never doubted who you are, never was insecure about who you are, your, your race or your gender or race and gender, but that's not my story. I've grown, I've gone to therapy, I've been humbled in public and in private. And I work at it, at, you know, like I said, I'm a senior editor at a digital magazine for women of color. I uplift other women of color who do and do not look like me and do and do not have the privileges that I had on a daily basis. And so when we have these conversations about accountability, when we have these conversations of growth, are we allowing ourselves and other Black women to talk about what we were like as girls and how we've grown? Because if we're not, I personally believe that we're just reifying white supremacy. We're treating ourselves as static beings who don't make mistakes and who don't learn from them. And I have no shame in saying it over and over and over again because somebody needs to hear it. Somebody just can't look at me and say, well, yeah, she got here, but let me tell you about the ugly parts. Let me tell you about who I was then. 
And that's why I said at the end of the chapter, I hope that when people read the book that they see it as an introduction or maybe an addition to other Black women's literature that they've been reading, but I cannot speak for other Black women and I will not do it. I like to make people think, you know, consider this other side. Have you thought about this? Not in a way that, you know, obviously there's certain things I'm not gonna say consider another side to. Anything bigoted, fascistic, you know, of course I got, I have boundaries. But otherwise I'm like, I like to provoke in the sense that I'm not trying to do it in a trollish way, but to consider other things. And if we respond really strongly to one side or the other, why is that? How about we interrogate that? You know, again, I, I, I love Russian literature and a famous uh, Russian literature crit critic, his name was Mikhail Bakhtin. One of the things that he agreed with is that, you know, the unfinalizability of a human being, which means that we're never fully complete. And I believe in that. I believe that basically in layman's terms, if you, if you're old, if you are alive, you're evolving, you're changing. That helps me because, you know, I think about as a black woman, People always trying to pin me down to something, you know, whether it's stereotypes, tropes. I want to, I want to elude all, evade all of it. I want to slip through the cracks of all of it. Morgan is brutally honest about her growth story. And she's serious about self-care in a way that takes that growth into account. Be kind to yourself. Like, seriously, be kind to yourself. Um... Be kind to yourself is like, when you have these feelings, don't be like, why are you having these feelings? Or why are you, why are you so vulnerable? And stop, stop crying or like, stop doing these things. It's like, let yourself feel. Cause one of these, one of these days that levy is going to break. So I always try to tell people to be kind to yourself, rest up, journal, do whatever you can to like, to, to get that movement working out um, and give yourself time. You know, there have been many times where I wish, like, you know, I wish I knew this sooner. Like, I wish I was back in college and I had even just a, a fifth of the self-esteem that I have now. I wish I would have went through college like that. So always remember that I always try to tell myself I'm on my way. Like, I am right where I need to be. And that no moment in my life is squandered. And full circle moments happen all the time, subtly and majestically. You are coming into yourself as you speak. You may not see it because it's not a big bang, but it's happening. So give yourself space for that. There's this one line in your book that I've remembered ever since I read it. You say, a woman's life is what she makes it. And I love that. I want to be the type of woman who creates the life that she wants for herself. When I read Morgan's work and the work of women like her, I see these women as defying gravity. And I need those examples, those reminders, because trust me, I have not arrived. Every day I'm striving to be my whole self, to be authentic, I'm striving for growth, even when it's not pretty or I haven't done it right or I screw things up, which happens all the time. I am trying, but I'm grateful for the stories and writing and work of black women like Morgan who encourage me to keep at it. For season two, I want to tell you about more women like Morgan who have their eyes set on how they want to exist in the world. 
There are hundreds of thousands of these women out here thriving, growing, being their whole selves, but I want to tell you about just a few of the ones that I've encountered. Women who are a lot like you. Okay, you ready? Here we go. The Color Girl Beautiful is created and hosted by Aselica Smith and produced by Aselica Smith and Nicole Hill. Azalea is the fashion forward auntie that you want to be when you grow up. I want to take a moment to give a huge thank you to Morgan Jerkins, who was kind enough to lend me some of her time for this interview. And I want to say again that I personally recommend all of her writing. In addition to her books, Wandering in Strange Lands, and This Will Be My Undoing, and of course the upcoming Call Baby, She's also senior editor over at the online magazine Zora, and you can find more of her work there. For everything you ever wanted to know about the Colored Girl Beautiful podcast and the original book that inspired the show, you can visit coloredgirlbeautiful.com. That's colored with an E-D. We would love for you to subscribe to our newsletter, follow us on social media, or purchase your very own Colored Girl Beautiful merch, which currently includes a super comfy t-shirt and an all-purpose canvas tote. If you like what you hear, send this episode to a couple of friends. And if you've got a moment or two to spare, leave us a five-star rating on either Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Links for both are in the show notes. If you have any thoughts, questions, or suggestions for the show, we would love to hear them. Email us directly at hello at colorgirlbeautiful.com or DM us at CGB Podcasts on Twitter or Color Girl Beautiful on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks so much for your support. Stay safe, and we'll see you soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.